And a good morning to you. Our guest in studio this morning, Oliver Tatum, candidate for Deschutes County Commissioner. And Oliver, good morning to you. Good morning, Frank. It's a privilege to be here with you this morning. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate that. First of all, I'd like to start out with a little bit of background on you and tell me a little bit about yourself and, and your history in Central Oregon here. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I grew up here in the rural county, southeast of Bend, a neighborhood called Sundance. Um, graduated uh, high school and left Central Oregon for Southern California. Thought I was putting this place in the rearview mirror. Met the love of my life down there and we'd come back a couple of times a year to visit and uh, visit my mom and uh, began to realize how much I took this place for granted and how lucky I was to have grown up here. And maybe it's because we got married and we're starting to think about kids. We were growing up a little bit. Maybe it's because the communities here were growing up, but realized this is really where we wanted to spend our lives and raise our kids. And in 2014, we were able to move home and, and begin to do just that. And when I say home, I mean home to the very property where I grew up. It's not the house I grew up in uh, that burned in the skeleton fire in 1996, but uh, still making a multi-generational home with um, so that our kids grow up surrounded by the people who love them, grandma and pop-up, my wife and I, and our four dogs. And uh, I'm a nurse, a paramedic. I currently have the privilege of um, uh, supporting our frontline caregivers, our physicians, nurse practitioners, medical assistants, and nurses as manager of two primary care clinics, one in Bend and one in Lapine. I also serve on the COCC Board of Directors and the Rural Fire Protection District Board, uh, which I'm very proud to do, um, having experienced the loss of uh, a home from fire. Um, really privileged to be able to support our firefighters and make sure that they have the, the resources they need uh, to keep our community safe. Well, thank you for that introduction. I appreciate that. So, um, Oliver, what are the biggest issues facing Deschutes County? I don't think we can get away from the fact that we have a housing problem. Uh, it's a crisis. Um, when our housing, our median home price in Bend has gone from under 200000 a little over a decade ago to over 700000 today, the median home price in Redmond is over 500000 uh, I, as a manager, I can't hire medical assistants right now. And the two, uh, the two obstacles I hear most when people from outside the area decline a position is because they can't afford the housing or those who are here and have been working, we lose because they need childcare and they can't find it. They can't find it when it's safe and affordable. And uh, I think those are two pressing issues that if we want to support our businesses and make sure that this is a community where uh, people can work and live. Um, I'm, I'm looking ahead to my kids when they grow up. Uh, I hope they go off and see a little bit of the world like I had the opportunity to do and that they might choose to come back here. And I'm afraid at our current trajectory, they may not be able to do so. So how are you qualified to address these problems? Sure. Uh, so I bring a, a wealth of experience that I touched on both as a leader and as a healthcare clinician. Uh, I've had the opportunity to serve in elected office and, and tackle some of the problems before us. At COCC, I've been uh, an advocate for childcare. Um, and uh, I think I uh, had quite a role to play in our president uh, moving forward and working with OSU Cascades to address uh, child care and partner to create a little kits uh, child care program um, in collaboration with the university. Uh, we also at the college uh, are doing some really interesting things in partnership with uh, William Smith Properties, the uh, developer behind the Old Mill District, working with some of the land that the, uh, the college owns um, and um, 
turning that into housing and commercial space. Uh, Neighborly Ventures, a, a developer out of the Valley, uh, broke ground recently on a new multifamily housing complex that'll create 180 new housing units. Uh, and we're moving forward with phase two that'll bring online close to 70 additional units. There's also single family homes with ADUs uh, being built on college property. For the most part, that remains on leased land. So that generates some revenue for the college to put back into uh, student services and uh, also creates uh, much needed new housing stock. Um, I think the county can do something similar with the land that it owns. I think up until now, we've seen a lot of reactive haphazard uh, decisions without much of a guiding vision or long-term plan. Um, you know, talking to uh, subject matter experts like Katie Brooks at the Chamber, who um, was really creative in her previous role uh, at the Port of Vancouver, taking land uh, that the port owned and finding creative ways to use that uh, to create additional housing, commercial, industrial space, and that's now a thriving area with a lot of potential. I think we could do something similar with land here owned by the county. And then also working with our partners at cities, et cetera, to really expand um, uh, the land and opportunities available for uh, housing across the continuum. I mean, we need affordable housing, but we also need more market rate housing. So those people that are moving here aren't gobbling up what, uh, what little remains that could be affordable for folks. So what would you change about the current land use system, either at the state or the local level? So I think our land use system actually works fairly well. Uh, you've got every 10 years that you need to go to the state and say, hey, we expect this many new people to be moving to this community. This is how we plan to expand our urban growth boundary to accommodate that. Um, the problem is a little over 10 years ago, the city of Bend went to the state with a plan that was a little too ambitious and overlooked a lot of land that was available for further development within the city. And so that got turned back to them and set us many years behind on our ability to expand. Uh, I think there are opportunities for um, uh, some really conscientious uh, one-offs, and uh, I look at the Stevens Road tract as one example of that, where they're planning to build a complete community with housing, commercial, um, and tied to our larger transit system. I think opportunities like that are great, and our land use system is designed to accommodate things like that. What I don't want to see is um, uh, the effort uh, that uh, my opponent often uh, puts forward of uh, completely overturning our current land use system that's been in place since the 1970s, uh, really the, uh, the brainchild of our former governor, Tom McCall, who recognized that if we just let development go without any sort of restriction, we're going to end up without the things that make this place so special in the first place. Uh, that open space as farms, forests, natural deserts. And if we hadn't put that in place, we wouldn't have it today. And that's a big reason why I was, uh, why I enjoyed growing up here and why I chose to move back here and raise my kids here. So we need to preserve what we love about this place while at the same time taking better advantage of the land that we have available to us now. So in your position uh, along the uh, board of commissioners, what can you do, what can the commissioners do to uh, better to create more affordable housing in the county, if anything? Sure. So I think uh, we need to lean in and really work more collaboratively with our city partners and identify those um, uh, parcels of land that are available uh, within the current cities, some of which is owned by the county, 
There's quite a bit of land in Lapine that was transferred to Deschutes County from BLM back around 2000 with the express purpose of building uh, additional housing and services. That's where the Senior Center in Lapine, uh, the St. Charles Clinic uh, uh, School um, built on land and several new houses have been built in that area. There's additional land that's being opened up, and there was an opportunity earlier this year with a builder who came in with a proposal to build 190 new homes, um, and uh, uh, my opponent voted against that land sale. And I think that's a missed opportunity, but we also need a larger strategy guiding this. You know, you see the commissioners, sometimes they'll decide to donate land, other times they'll sell it, looking for market rate. Uh, One example nearby here, over by the new Mosaic Clinic between Mosaic and... um, the St. Charles Hospital, or some land the county owned, and uh, uh, they required Housing Works and the city of Bend to pay nearly a million dollars for that land. That money came out of the um, city of Bend's affordable housing fund. And the justification by the commissioners at that time, well, I should specify two out of the three commissioners at that time, was that um, they wanted that money to go toward uh, the courthouse expansion project. And I, I certainly agree that the courthouse expansion is necessary and it's important, but I think our current housing situation is a crisis and it, um, the urgency there trumps just about everything else. And that's nearly a million dollars that the city of Bend and Housing Works could have put into A, making that project less expensive to build or to put in uh, to investing in land elsewhere to create additional housing stock. All right. We're going to switch gears a little bit and uh, go to psilocybin. So given the local measure requesting a ban on psilocybin businesses in rural Deschutes County, what's your position on the issue and why? So I think there's a growing body of evidence um, out of Johns Hopkins and others that show that psilocybin has tremendous potential as um, a method of treatment for some refractory behavioral health conditions, depression, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, Um, folks who have experienced some profound trauma like our veterans community, Um, stand to benefit from this, uh, particularly the way that it's designed, uh, where it's, you can't just walk in and and buy psilocybin and go off and and do it. It needs to be within a specific uh, treatment facility with, uh, under the guidance and and watchful eye of trained professionals. And I think that has great potential. Um, And that's why it was put to voters. And voters in Deschutes County have already said that they support allowing this here. Um, I think it's a profound waste of taxpayer dollars and staff time for the commissioners to have referred this back to the ballot when voters in Deschutes County have already made their opinion clear. And when asked about this recently, uh, um, Commissioner DeBone and I had the opportunity to sit down with the source editorial board, and we were asked about this. And Tony's explanation was he felt that voters the first time around didn't really understand what they were voting on. And so this was an opportunity to do some marketing so that uh, that uh, voters really had a clear idea of what they were getting. Um, I think if uh, they want to do a marketing campaign, they could have done a marketing campaign for a lot less than it would cost to put this back on the ballot. Uh, I also find that to be uh, fairly disingenuous. I think um, the hope here is that uh, we'll put it back to voters and get a different result because maybe fewer people will vote this time around. And uh, I just I don't think that's fairly democratic. And again, I just think it's a tremendous waste of time and resources. How do you feel about the measure to make Deschutes County Commissioner's seats nonpartisan? Oh, I support this. I actually uh, at one point stood out uh, in the cold with Phil Chang asking people to sign the petition. I signed the petition myself. Uh, I do think it's unfortunate given um, that uh, Commissioner DeBone now says that he also supports this measure and signed the initiative 
why he didn't join Commissioner Chang in referring this to the voters directly would have saved uh, a whole lot of volunteers from League of Women's Voters and other organizations a lot of time and effort uh, to gather signatures through the pandemic and over the winter um, when really uh, it just took a vote of two out of the three commissioners to refer this to the ballot. And there was a robust discussion about it last January in, in 2021. And at that time, they were talking about putting it on the November 2021 ballot, and it was found to be cost prohibitive. Um, and they decided not to move forward. But at that time, Commissioner Chang had suggested, well, if it's too expensive because there's not already an election scheduled for November of 2021, why don't we put it on the ballot in May of 2022? And at that point... Um, uh, Commissioner DeBone had declined to consider that and said this is a non-action item on our agenda and uh, maybe we'll talk about it another time. And that other time just never came around. Why should people vote for you? I think most importantly because I bring a new set of experience that our county commissioners um, really need, particularly as we're emerging out of the COVID pandemic. Uh, we see, and this was called out in, our, um, in the county's budget, uh, that our health services really was shown to lack resiliency, and we need a lot more support going forward. That doesn't necessarily mean more money, but it does mean more creative use of the resources that we do have to make sure that we're meeting the needs of the people in Deschutes County. Health services is the largest department at Deschutes County, both in terms of budget and the number of people who work there. Um, it's a over $60 million budget with more than 400 employees. And that's our behavioral health, our public health, and direct clinical services, like a safety net reproductive health clinic. And uh, bringing the experience that I have both as a clinician and as a healthcare leader to help guide us out of this, uh, this COVID era and into uh, what, what we're facing going forward, which is a new set of challenges. We've got a health system that's really teetering on bankruptcy. We've got EMS agencies that are really struggling. And uh, where this intersects is the county. And I think we have enormous potential to help all of our partners by getting ahead of a lot of really expensive um, long-term chronic diseases like diabetes and, and to do more to prevent injuries so that we have a healthy and safe community. Last question. What is one thing you'd like to say to your opponent? I wish you well on your next career. I think Tony is, I'll be honest, I like Tony as a person. I think he's a great guy. He and his wife, Kathy, are people that have put in uh, years of service supporting their community and he's uh, been in office for nearly 12 years. I think he's done some good things despite the fact that he and I disagree on a lot and we certainly have some different values and different opinions on on policies but I think he's a really good guy and I think the experience that he's built over the last 12 years as commissioner will serve him well in his next career and uh, I wish him well. Oliver Tatum, candidate for Deschutes County Commissioner here on FM News 100.1 at 1110 KBND. Oliver, thank you very much. Thank you.